0: you know, now is the time to say, look, we're in a really uncertain period. The longer term for the US economy looks okay, for the global economy looks okay. And um, we, we don't know if we're gonna hit this, this low here in September and October, or if it goes lower, and I just wouldn't try to pick that bottom. So I would just, you know, deploy steadily through this next six month period and spend your time, you know, I don't know fishing, learning to golf, doing something else.
1: That was Gavin, I'm Rish, and this is Tomorrow's News. Any information in this podcast is not intended to promote or recommend any particular product or services offered by Bell's Family and Associates. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any investor. Before making an investment decision, investors should seek professional advice. I'm catching up with Gavin after a week and a half, and today, we're looking at the equity markets again. Since our last episode, the Federal Reserve hosted the Jackson Hole Symposium, a gathering of bankers, economists, policymakers, and academics focused on current economic issues. Today, Gavin's explaining how the markets have been reacting since, and what he's seeing in tomorrow's news. So, let's dive in. Hi, Gavin. How are you doing today? Hey,
0: Rich. nice to nice to uh, speak with you this morning.
1: Uh, so what are you catching us up on today? What's been happening in the markets? What do we need to know?
0: Sure, well, look, I think we've talked a lot about, you know, what was going on pre-Jackson Hall. I think we've talked a little bit about sort of some of the pathways. And I think that, you know, investors should sort of be thinking short, medium and long-term at the moment. And asking themselves, depending on your time frame, what am I trying to achieve? So, you know, I think if short term, you're like, I'd really like to pick a market bottom. Well, then I think my best judgment would be that uh, near term bottom likely occurs in mid late September through mid October. Okay. Seasonality controls that uh, we've got a Fed meeting on, on September 20th. We've got a lot of data about inflation. You know, we start to get into the new quarter for, for companies. Traditionally, the end of the year, the last quarter of the year, traditionally is very good for equities. does not always true, of course, but it's very good. And we've also got a midterm election. You've got to think about the midterm elections happening in November in the U S. And that presents a whole lot of parameters that are interesting around you know, what sort of fiscal agenda any government is going to have in the US over the next couple of years, and may even point the path towards whether or not a Republican or a Democrat gets elected in 2024. So traditionally, as we go into that period, markets are cautious, and then as we come out of it, markets are strong. And markets tend to perform better at the end of the year. Okay. So you know, you're trying to be super clever and you're saying, hey, I'm gonna go out and try to pick the bottom. Well, I would say you're probably gonna to wanna to start thinking about that from now through to through to mid-October. And people posit all kinds of numbers as where that could be. Will it be below the old June lows? Will it be above? Is this 3920 number that we just bumped off? Is that important or not important? We don't know any of that yet. We don't know any of that, but we're, you know, we're thinking about all those things. If you're thinking near term, medium term, we are closer to the end of Fed hikes in the beginning. We're certainly seeing evidence that inflation is slowing if it's even not in retreat. And we can certainly look towards the next 12, Months statistically as being more likely to produce positive returns than negative returns. More likely, it's not nothing's a lock. So that's where where we are today. And then ultra long term is pretty much no time period where if you bought the S and P with a five year time frame, you lose money. So what I would say if you're just thinking about you know investing over time, dollar cost averaging every week every month from here through the you know mid part of next year you're going to be just fine regardless of whether or not you listen to anything i say so you know i would say don't get overly fixated on am i going to catch the bottom The rule is if you're out of the market you're more likely to lose out than if you're you know somewhat imperfect in your timing so those are the things that we're thinking about
1: thanks for that gavin i wanted to ask you so what are some things people should be watching now
0: sure well you can watch a million different things right you can watch the euro and see if it continues to decline well below, below a one us dollar you can watch crude and see if it continues to decline from call it around about 85 to 90 dollars down towards you know 75 dollars. so there's lots of indicators but i think the two that i am the most conscious of and i'll find that many many folks are the most conscious of are The U.S. dollar, we follow something called DXY, and the U.S. dollar has done nothing but go up, you know, in particular since the sort of lows of 2020, 2021. And that means that more people are accumulating U.S. dollars and, you know, obviously there's less interest in in other global currencies, including the Australian dollar, the Euro and so forth. In general, if people are accumulating U.S. dollars, It is viewed as the risk off asset. So the more it appreciates, the more indicative it is of an environment where investors appetite for risk is low. Okay. So if it keeps going up, probably markets are not going to particularly equity markets are probably not going to be performing well. Now, these are somewhat coincident indicators. So there's no real lead. But what you can look at as a lead is if there's a significant uh, rollover in the U.S. dollar, it starts to decline, that is an indicator of risk returning into the market. So it's something we're watching carefully. If you look over the very long time period, it's call it at a 109 today. You know, there's a little peak around, call it 120, 125 that happened in the the mid part of the sort of 2000s early part of the 2000s and there's another peak of course in in the late 70s early 80s but at the end of the day that's going to be critical so that's something I really I watch as an indicator of risk the other thing that's really important are the way that the US treasury bonds are trading right the yield on those bonds so a lot of people talk about the 10 year right the US 10 year bond And that's important. It trades around on a yield base around 326 today. It had lows recently when equities were really working around about 250, 260. But that only tells part of the story. The other part of the story is really what's going on in what they call the short end, which is where people are really reflecting on where they expect near-term interest rates to to sort of peak out. So the US two-year is really important. And the U.S. two year was as recently as the beginning of August had a yield of around about 280, and it's now trading at 350, right? This is a Treasury bond, right? You think the magnitude of that move is incredible, right? If you want to know why markets are correcting, it's because people have gone from this idea that the Fed was pretty much done. The economy is slowing. Inflation was under control. The idea that the Fed is nowhere near done. They're going to raise rates a ton. They're very worried about inflation. And so right now that bond is reflecting extreme concerns about the path of interest rates and and so forth. It's also reflecting some other dynamics around um, the Fed is no longer buying bonds. It's now selling bonds, letting them roll off. So there's some other dynamics there, but at the end of the day, You can take that as an indicator if it keeps going up in yield, down in price, up in yield, that is a very, very negative signal for the economy, um, for equities, and even for bonds, right? I mean, the end of the day, if a bond is going up in yield, it is going down in price. So if you are a bond holder, you are losing money every day. And so I I think that, you know, investors need to be really, really attuned to some of those, um, some of those indicators.
1: I feel like your outlook on bonds was a little different a few weeks ago. Has that changed recently?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really fair. I think that's a fair comment, right? In that if we were to take ourselves back almost about, about a month, you know, we were in a period in the middle of July. Where that same two year had sort of peaked out around 320, and then it rallied all the way down to 280, and I was of the view, wow, that was really telling us that that in, that something important had changed. You know, we maybe peaked out, and I, along with you know, fortunately I'm in good company, but I was wrong, right? I mean, bonds very quickly recalibrated post Jackson Hole to a very different picture. And even then I would have said, wow, okay, well that was a little bit overdone, but I've been very surprised again, along with many others at how far this has traveled in terms of the bond markets uh, reflecting a very extreme view of where, where interest rates are going before they go lower. Right. How high they're going to go in the near term before they go lower in the long term. And so one of the positive trades that you can consider is that the higher interest rates go in the near term and the faster they go, the more likely it is that the economy slows rapidly and that the Fed needs to get to neutral or even cut rates. I think we're ways from cutting rates, but gets to neutral faster. And so one of the ways that people look at trading that is there's an ETF in the US, TLT, which is um, the 20 year US treasury. And it reflects that yield.
1: So we've spoken about the TLT before, yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, the TLT reflects the yield. It's, registers the yield and price. And we could observe that the price, you know, as recently as call it early August was 120. The price today is 109. So the, of course you can, price has gone down, the yield has gone up and that we're at a really pivotal moment. And we could observe that the amount of cutting that could come and where interest rates will go over the long-term it could be a really interesting investment here, right? Because in a way, the higher they go and the faster and the more pressure on this front end, the more the back end is going to be the steeper that inversion is so that because people are like, boy, if you're going to take all that liquidity out of the system in the near term, man, or you're going to need to cut rates a lot to get growth back over the longer term, right? It's one of the key ideas there. So so that's one of the things that I'm thinking about but you know I think we're we're in this world where that 2-year bond is currently telling us it is not stopping you know it's it feels like its yield is going higher until there's a new data point on either inflation or from the Fed or or otherwise that changes things
1: Yeah thank you um could you tell us what's going to be in tomorrow's news? Like, can, could you summarize for us what people should think about and do over the next couple of months?
0: Yeah, look, I, I think we're in a, a period of, of tremendous volatility. So uh, I you know, wouldn't try to be too clever. I can give you lots of neat, clever you know, trades or ideas or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, now is not a time to try to be too clever. You know, now is the time to say, look, we're in a really uncertain period. The longer term, For the US economy looks okay for the global economy looks okay and um, we we don't know if we're going to hit this this low here in September and October, or if it goes lower and I just wouldn't try to pick that bottom, so I would just you know deploy steadily through this next six month period and spend your time, you know I don't know fishing learning to golf doing something else
1: yeah and like you said like it's better it's the most important thing is to be in the market instead of out of the market
0: yeah look I think if you're waiting if you're waiting for my podcast to tell you like now, now is the time I mean you know I, I guess I might be right but the chances that anybody is right in that are very low and unless you're really trying for some reason I don't understand to catch the exact bottom There's really not a lot of point to that, you know, I wouldn't say if you, you know, if you're going to invest a hundred dollars to put it all into the market, you know, tomorrow or next week, but I would say that, you know, if you spread that out over a six month period, you know, whether or not me or anyone else's is right or wrong about where markets are, you're definitely not buying the top. You might not be buying the bottom either, but if you looked out, statistically you're probably going to have some better broad market returns
1: yeah and that makes sense when you look at the longer term trends of how the market goes as well and that's the thing yeah. right
0: i mean various bear, people do always sound smart but markets mostly go up right i mean there, there are periods they go down for sure in certain sectors and certain securities but they mostly go up mostly the world grows and mostly markets go up. So, you know, I think we need to always have that as our as our backdrop. And I think bear it is sort of the hallmark of, of whatever we do. If we're bearish or whatever, it, it's somewhat tactical.
1: Thanks, Gavin. That's a really great note to end this on. Awesome. And that's tomorrow's news. For more conversations like these, join us on the BFA Discord at the link in the description.